Hello, my conscious soul. This is Jay Wynn. Welcome to the Conscious Chess Podcast, where we bring inspiring individuals living purposeful lives in the hope of inspiring you to be your best authentic self. This is episode number eight with Matt Alfonso. Matt is a mindfulness coach and public speaker. After being a teacher and basketball coach for over 10 years, he followed his passion and started mindfulness coaching. His mission in life is to help people live more in the present moment. You can reach Matt via Instagram on at MattAlfonso1 or go to www.mattalfonso.com to check out his coaching programs and offerings. You can also find these details details in the description of the podcast. In this episode, we addressed the power of mindfulness meditation, how to cultivate self-love and how to deal with judgments from self and others. Here's my interview with Matt. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for being here. Let's start off with your personal history and who you are. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Jay. Um, So my name is Matt. I'm from the US. I'm from New York. And really my, my history is, I, I very much grew up into sports. And if you probably asked people, you know, if they can see me as a mindfulness coach in the future, most people would, would definitely say no, they would picture me some, somewhere in the sports realm. Mm. And, and I still am, am into sports, but I went to um, school at, at, a, at a university in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then after school, I really, I guess kind of going through a, a brief about me, I, I suffered with some depression and, and anxiety okay. after college. And that, that first took me on my journey in terms of self-improvement, mm-hmm. not as much in terms of the spiritual world, but more in terms of the self-improvement. How can I be happier and how can I be more productive and just looking at different ways that I can improve myself. Mm-hmm. And then it actually led me to teaching overseas. I, w- I lived in Paraguay for two years, and wow, then I lived amazing. in China for two years. And then after I left China, which was in 2015, was really when I got into my spiritual journey. Mm, amazing. So you used to be a basketball coach. So how did you, what, what has led into becoming a mindfulness coach and a public speaker now? After I left China, I went on a five-month trip, and I went to eight different countries. One of the countries was Australia. That was actually mm-hmm. my first country after, after China. Um, I went to Thailand, though, and I went to a yoga retreat in Thailand, which mm-hmm. definitely had a major impact on me. And then I went to India and worked with a meditation teacher in India. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, and those two experiences gave me really the framework and the foundation for my spiritual practice. And then over the last five years, it's been practicing a lot on my own. I've gone to different retreats in different places. And I knew I wanted to be a life coach probably two or three years ago. And I wasn't sure kind of exactly where I wanted to go with the life coaching. Mm -hmm. And as I was getting more into meditation, more into mindfulness, it became clearer to me that this was the path that I wanted to head down and really specifically go into. Amazing. Tell me about your experience in India. Like, how did you get into the whole learning about meditations and so, and who did you meet or? When I first went to, it was part of a five month trip and I I went to New Delhi first and my friend was teaching in New Delhi. So I actually stayed with him for five days. Mm. New Delhi was, I'm not sure if you've been to India or not before, but New, New Delhi was very intense. Yeah, people say that you either love or hate it. Like, it just, yeah. yeah. New New Delhi wasn't really for me. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
And then after New Delhi, I went to Rishikesh, which is up north, which is considered like the yoga capital of the world. And it has a really cool, it's right along the, the river, the Ganga River, and it has a really cool spiritual vibe to it. So I actually did some Ayurveda there, which was the first time I really did Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was kind of just going to different places and asking around a little bit to work with people either in terms of yoga or meditation. And I, I met this yoga teacher who actually recommended her meditation teacher to me. His, his name was Sanjeev. Mm -hmm. And I worked with Sanjeev for five straight days. And we basically did three hours a day. Wow. And it wasn't three hours straight of meditation. It was a combination of like talking and spirituality we would do like 20 minutes of meditation okay. take a break, 30 more minutes of meditation but but working with Sanjeev certainly opened my eyes to meditation and even some of the things that he said kind of like looking back a few years later I just realized I'm like oh wow I didn't like fully grasp that at the time but yeah now it, it makes even more sense to me yeah so did you did uh Vispassana because I, I did um Vispassana recently in Burma but it was supposed to be 10 days, but I didn't have enough time. So I did it for, say, four days. But it was, like, very challenging. I have not done the Vipassana yet. I'm actually planning on doing it this spring. Yeah. There, I was looking up different ones in the U.S., and there's a Vipassana center in Massachusetts that mm -hmm. I might be doing. But that's actually been on my list of things to do for a while. And I'm actually really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's just, it's quite challenging in a ways because I was used to meditating through like um, someone guiding me through, but rather than just staying silent and also sitting up straight and it was just like, you know, you start to hurt, like your body start to hurt and you're just like, your mind started going everywhere. And it was, it was quite challenging. And I also stayed at the monastery as well. It was just like, as the experience that I've never experienced before, but yeah. Do you think you'll do it again? I would do it again. And this time I want to do it for 10 days straight. So they said that um, three or four days that like you haven't reached there yet. So like you just have to keep pushing through it. And once you pass 10 days and that's when you're like, oh, that really like sink in with you. Like, okay. Yeah, I, I've heard it's, it's challenging and it's a lot of meditating. It's, you know, you're meditating for a few hours a day, which yeah, is... Yeah, so it's meditating starting from 4 a.m. until about 9 p.m. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. And fasting for 12 hours a day. So it was just like, yeah. Um, so let's just um, deep dive into your coaching program. So what are you teaching now and then what are your coaching programs entails? The program that I run is called the Mindful Living Coaching Program. Mm -hmm. And that's a 10-week coaching program. So it's a coaching program where it's one-on-one -on -one over Zoom. And really the first week is all about gaining um, clarity. So we look at purpose and vision and really going deeper into trying to help them figure out really what they're here for, what they mm -hmm. want to do with their life. And it's, with that, it's very much planting the seed as well. In one week, it can be hard to nail that down. But I think that mm -hmm. that is ever-changing as well. And then we go into mindfulness. So it's, we do three weeks of mindfulness and we look at different areas within mindfulness in terms of how to cultivate mindfulness, how to work with your thoughts, how to use mindfulness in difficult situations and really go into different areas within mindfulness and then also introduce meditation. So talking to them in terms of how to meditate and helping them start their own program. What? In terms of finding our purpose and vision, what are the steps we can take 
on finding our purpose and vision and get it crystal clear? I think it's an ongoing process mm. and I think it's ever changing as well. I think sitting down and asking yourself deeper questions in terms of either what is most meaningful to me or what am I most passionate about is a great question to sit with. I think that's really the first question that I have people sit with. The second in terms of similar to that is what do they enjoy doing? Mm. What do they find that they're best at? And then the last one, which is really important is how can you serve others? Mm. And looking at those different questions, I, a couple of different things that I, I like to have the people do is one is to get outside and to get in nature. And I find when you are out inside in nature, it is a little bit easier to do deeper okay. level and it does calm the mind and just the energy of nature. And, and the, the second thing is bringing the meditation into that. When we are able to quiet the mind in meditation, we are also able to have more insights. So it's really, it's allowing them to answer those questions, to sit with those questions, and then also the, the meditation and the nature piece as well. Okay. So in terms of asking those questions, like people mention that when you're meditating, you're not supposed to be, you know, thinking about anything or just has to have a clear mind. So how does it work with us asking the questions and just breathing through it? When I, I have them answer those questions, it's not in meditation. It's having them to answer those questions on their own. I do, okay. I do believe in a contemplative meditation where you, you can sit with a certain question in meditation. So mm -hmm. you certainly could sit with a question in terms okay. of what is the purpose or how do I find happiness or mm -hmm. what am I holding on to um, and really seeing what arises. Contemplation and meditation, I think, are similar. And I think there's a lot of overlap. We're contemplating okay. we're more contemplating on a certain idea where meditation is more about going with within mm -hmm. and the mind. Okay. So what are, what are the different types of meditation techniques out there? Like you mentioned contemplation, um, what from your experience is the best form of meditation for beginners and how long to meditate to get the best results? Mm. For beginners, I highly recommend focusing on the breath. So simply watching the breath and picking a spot. Oftentimes I'll have the newer meditators follow the breath as it's entering the nostrils and as it's exiting the nostrils and really bringing their awareness to this point. And then anytime as their mind starts to wander, then we're just bringing it back to our focal point, which is the breath and bringing it back okay. in, in an unjudgmental way. There are, as you mentioned, there, there's a lot of different types of meditations there's you can focus on a certain area such as your heart center or your third eye or you mm. can use the mantra or there's mindfulness meditation where you're labeling but i think the focusing on the breath is a really good one to, to get a foundation and understanding of meditation it's actually i've used all those other meditation techniques and i still do and myself mm -hmm. i still go back to the breath in terms of my own practice um, in terms of time, I think that's really important. And I highly recommend starting small. So I start okay. five minutes, sometimes even three minutes, but generally five minutes with people mm -hmm. and allowing them to be consistent with it. So if you're able to meditate for five minutes a day, but you're able to do that consistently, that's really the key. Okay. Whenever, whenever I've seen people, you know, either recommend or try to do 20 minutes when they're just starting, it's overwhelming. And I rarely see people continue, continue with it. Mm. And 
meditation, really like any other skill that you'll be learning, consistency plays such a huge part. So if you're able to do it five minutes, you're able to do it consistent. Once you've established that, then you can increase the time. Increase then the you time. Can increase okay. the time to 10 minutes, to 15 minutes, to 20 minutes, and gradually be able to increase it. Yeah, I've read it in one of the articles that in order to get the best result, they said try to at least do it by 15 or 20 minutes. But yeah, you're right. So in order to start it, you have to start small and increase incrementally. Then stay consistent throughout the way. Yeah, and I think I, I've... I've Looked at habit building as well. And one of the secrets or one of the keys for building a habit and meditation is a habit is starting small and seeing success. So the same thing, if you're going to be starting an exercise program to start small with it and then see success. And then once that success happens, it's easier to continue as well. Yeah. So it's about just staying consistent. Consistent is definitely keys to success in every areas of our lives, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on your side, you mentioned that you work with perfectionist uh, minor individuals to have them live with a sense of inner pace and improve their self-love. So why specifically perfectionist minded? Yeah, that's to answer it. Honestly, everybody kind of says like you have to have like a niche in terms of like who you work with. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm giving like some thought in terms of like, you know, kind of like who's my niche in terms of who, who I work with. And really, I think perfectionist minded people and then also people who are dealing with overwhelm. And mm. the reason why I think perfectionist minded people was, well, yeah, it was because I was a perfectionist minded people and I saw really the, the issues that it caused for me. I think a lot of perfectionists are extremely hard on themselves, yep. which is the reason why I incorporate self-love into it. And I think really... I actually got depressed kind of two different points in my life. One was after college. Then one was when I came back for the trip. I think perfectionism really played a, a big part into that in terms mm -hmm. of just like eating myself up for mistakes, yeah. which the reason the mind, both the mindfulness and the self-love, which are really two like cornerstones of my program are two things that I focused on because they helped me so much. And mm -hmm. I know I've worked with others. They've really helped others as well. Yeah. What insights can you give on cultivating self-love? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the first one is to be really intentional about it, to put your intention into your, and your focus towards it, and specifically putting your intention and focus towards allowing yourself to make mistakes, allowing yourself to make a mistake and to be okay with it, to understand that we are all humans, we're mm -hmm. gonna make mistakes, it's okay, but really giving yourself that grace um, one of my teachers uses the uh, um, saying progress over perfection, which mm. really just allowing yourself to improve, but having, having that intention where it's okay to make mistakes. The second one is through meditation and mm -hmm. specifically through loving kindness meditation, which is a form of meditation and a form geared towards increasing and cultivating your own love and compassion mm -hmm. and then increasing your love and compassion for others as well. But using, using that technique is one of the best ways I feel for improving self-love. Um, the third thing that I'll mention is using affirmations. I, I do like using affirmations okay. in terms of I am enough, I am significant, I am capable of doing great things, just cer certain affirmations and being able to repeat these and being able to believe in them has has helped as well okay and in terms of self-love as well they're like how do we differentiate between self-love and selfishness say sometimes you're like okay i love myself and you know i'm going to put myself first then you think 
then you second guess yourself and say, oh, am I being selfish now or, or is it self-love? Mm. Yeah, th there's definitely a, a big difference between self-love and selfishness. Mm -hmm. And you do need self-love in terms of our own self-esteem, our own happiness, mm -hmm. even being able to help others. We need to take care of ourselves before we can yes, help yeah. others. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the big difference between self-love and selfishness is in self-love, you also want to have compassion for others and want to help others. And I think mm -hmm. that's really the big piece with it. As long yeah. as you have that compassion piece, that service piece, then mm -hmm. the self-love is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Like when you put it that way, it's right. Because self-love is combined with kindness and compassion, but selfishness is about us only and mm -hmm. this entitlement. What insights can you give on, or what are the steps we can take on being mindful and staying present, especially for people who have trouble staying calm or they're new to meditation? I'll give you four, probably my four favorite mindfulness techniques or, or tools. And with it, it, it is definitely a gradual process. The, the first one is meditation. And we've already talked about meditation some. And meditation, one of, it has so many benefits, but one of the major benefits of meditation is that it helps you be more mindful, be more present and really living in, in the present moment. Because really it allows you to quiet the mind and allows you to understand the mind as well. Mm -hmm. And being able to do that will really not just, you know, say we're meditating 20 minutes. It doesn't just help us for that 20 minutes. It helps us for the entire day. And, you know, as, as we're going through our days to be able to live present and to live with compassion. Mm. Um, the, the second thing is mindful movements, which mm. I actually had initially I had it as mindful walks because I used to love just going out and walking in nature and noticing my feet touching the ground, noticing the different sounds around me, mm. the, the yeah, people passing me by or the leaves blowing. Um, but really, I, I changed it to mindful movements because you can certainly do that in yoga. You can certainly do that in dance. You can do that playing sports as well. But as you're moving and you're physically active, it's about paying attention to your body, noticing your body in terms of how it's moving and just being aware of it. Mm -hmm. And then noticing the environment as well. Um, yeah. But I think mindful movements is a great way to, to start to develop it. Um, another really good one is daily check-ins. So on a daily check-in, basically you're just stopping whatever you're doing. And we'll say for one minute, you're mm -hmm. just checking in with yourself. So you're really switching from doing in terms of I have work to do in terms of I'm, ju I'm just being. And I'm stopping. Oh, wow. yeah. I, I check in with my breath. I begin to notice my breath. I begin to notice my body and I just go, go within for one minute and become aware of both my breath and my body. And you can do these, you can do it once a day, you can do it a few times a day, but daily check-ins are a great way to just reconnect with yourself. Wow, that's amazing, yeah. And the fourth one, which I hope I'm not giving you too much, but the fourth one no, is I just- love it. I like, I'm learning so much and I'm like, I'm, I'm sure like all the listeners listening, learning so much as well, because sometimes like, these things are so important to us and but we don't even give us the time mm. to really focus on ourselves and we just like you know as our days go by and we get into this autopilot mode and we don't realize anything and then at the end of the day you're like wow like where did the day even go and you're not aware of your body and your mind and your soul absolutely and i think the, the great thing about daily check-ins it really takes you out of that autopilot mode where hmm. you're just going and it allows you just to, to step and to step out of it. The fourth one is 
giving people your full attention. Um, yeah. Probably my, my favorite quote is by Thich Nhat Hanh, and he said, the most precious gift that we can offer others is our presence. The most yeah. precious gift that we can offer others is our presence. And really, it's just when you're with someone, being fully with that person, giving them your full attention and just being in that conversation, not worrying about anything that you have to do later or being distracted by your phone, but simply being fully present with that person. And that's really the, all, all the mindfulness tools, but that's really one that I try to focus a lot on is really just giving people my full attention when that's I am That's amazing. With and also when you give people undivided attention, you make them feel like, you make them feel seen and like they matter, you listen. And it makes them feel loved and appreciated. Absolutely. It, it definitely does that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you said that great. It really makes them feel like they, they matter. They in the matter. Room. Yeah. How do we deal with judgment? Say we find ourselves judging other people. Um, what are the tips on removing judgment and creating more compassion and understanding? The initial perspective that I think is important to have with it is to understand that all of us want to be happy that all of us want to limit suffering, that mm -hmm. all, all beings. And then the second thing is that we're all on our own unique journey. I That's grew right. up in New York, you grew up in Australia, other mm -hmm. people have grown up in different parts, and we've all had our own experiences, we're all at different points in our lives. And really when you think about those two things, you think about people wanting to be happy and that we're all on our own journey, you realize that there's really no, no point in judging others. Mm, um, yeah, that's right, yeah. Having said that, that doesn't mean that you won't judge people. Mm -hmm. You still may find yourself You're judging. You're human, yeah. <laughs> the first thing is to be aware of it. To just and that mindfulness is about awareness. So being aware that you have done it. Um, one really one tip that I heard from one of my own mindfulness teachers, which I, I really love, is when you find yourself judging someone else, just in your own head to wish that person happiness. To mm. just wish that person well. So I wish that person health and success, or I wish that person to be happy. Um, and simply just by saying that, it really changes how you see things and how you think. Um, it's one of my, my favorite tips that I received from, from, from that teacher, and I think it's a wonderful one. Um, the second thing is just to understand that you have done it, to accept it, to accept, mm -hmm. okay, I, I judge that other person. You know, I, I accept that I, that I did it. And then really then I, I move on. I move on back to the present moment. And, and the reason that you really want to accept it and then being able to move on is because often what happens, if I judge you, then I'll feel bad that I judged you. Yeah. And I'll start to feel guilty and I'll judge myself. Yeah, yeah. And we really want to avoid that second part of judging ourselves and then being able, you know, criticizing ourselves and putting ourselves down yeah sometimes like i read it in this like another book as well is about sometimes when we see ourselves judging others or sometimes you know certain people do certain things and that really trigger us and also is something like your inner being is telling you that there's some areas of your life that you need to work on that's true it I actually, I've never thought of it that way, but it is sending yourself to something that you do need to work on. Because if you're judging someone else for that reason, oftentimes it's because of some type you of... You have that as... Yes, yes. You're, you're, you're dealing with that as well. Yeah. You're, or you're struggling with that. Yeah. And also, how do we deal with judgments and criticism from others and not let them affect us? It, it's not easy to do. Let's just start with that. And, you know, it's, for, for me in particular, that's particularly hard to do. I'm, I'm more of, you know, I mentioned perfectionist and mm. criticism really does bother me a lot. And I, yeah. I, 
really have worked on on this on this a ton. Um, the first thing is going back to the what we were talking about before in terms of showing showing yourself grace and showing yourself self love and understanding that we are human, that we will make make mistakes, and mm -hmm. that that's okay. And that in the moment, I think, is really helpful to tell yourself that. Then the issue is going to be though later. It's going to be replaying that thought an hour later, the next yeah. day, the next mm -hmm. week. Is replaying that situation over and over. And two, uh, two ways to deal with, with those thoughts as they're arising. The first one is to deal with it more from a mindfulness perspective, mm -hmm. and see them as thoughts and not allow yourself to get attached to them. So more seeing the thoughts as clouds in the sky and just mm -hmm. allowing the clouds to really just to come and to go and to not get attached to them. To understand that we're not our thoughts, it's just mm -hmm. a thought and just to allow it to really to come and, and to go. That's, that's from more of a mindfulness perspective. Mm -hmm. Second one is we can reframe the thought. So if you start to replay that situation and say, like you say to yourself, oh man, I'm, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Mm -hmm. To be able to reframe that thought and no, I'm actually, an intelligent person. I may have made a mistake in that one situation, but that's okay. I'm a competent and intelligent person and being able to reframe that thought and then take yourself back to the present. Yeah, that's right. Because I, I remember, like I find myself in sometimes letting that affect me. Say someone say something, then I'll keep replaying it in my head and say that, oh, I should have said that. Why did I say that? Why didn't, why didn't I think of that? Now I just look stupid, but then it's like my ego. That was mm -hmm. definitely my ego. Just like, I should have said that then I don't look like, you know, I didn't know what to say then, but now I know what to say. I'm like, you just keep repeating that. And also the past experiences where you keep replaying that, that, oh, should have been this way or could have done this way. Like when we find ourselves in that moment, so what tips can you give? Like say, just let it pass. Yeah. The, the one point I think you, you made it is, is so good. And, and one other kind of perspective to have with it. And I was kind of thinking back to just kind of like a small mistake that I made from a while back that I remember and really just kind of realizing how insignificant it is in kind of the grand scheme of things. And oftentimes it doesn't feel certainly insignificant in those moments. Mm -hmm. uh, but as, as you do look at it from a larger perspective, in that moment though, connecting to the breath is really one of the best ways to take your mind off that thought and mm -hmm. to bring yourself into the present moment. So if you find kind of in that situation, just being able to connect to the breath. If you need to you know, say some type of affirmation to yourself or kind of say some positive thought, you, you can as well. But really connecting to the breath first, connecting to this present moment is really where, where I would start. Mm, okay. And you mentioned earlier that you traveled around the world. You know, that was your spiritual journey. Before leading up to that, what was your final push? Like, what are the steps you take on just like, okay, this, I'm just going to leave everything and this is what I'm going to do. So what steps did you take and what was your final push? In some ways I was drawn in terms of drawn towards the spirituality and kind mm. of this world. Um, I had planned out on when I was living in China, I, I was teaching there for two years. I was teaching physical and health education at an international mm -hmm. school there. And I knew after my second year, I'd be leaving. And I planned a trip for five months. And I, I probably planned the trip for maybe like nine months leading up to it, just kind of thinking about it wow, and doing yeah. things. 
And one of the most things that I was looking forward to the most was doing that yoga retreat in Thailand. I actually, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that I was going to be doing that meditation in India at the time. Okay. But I, I was definitely looking forward to doing the yoga retreat in Thailand because I, I do think I had an interest towards it. I had done a little bit of yoga. I had like YouTube, some meditation mm. stuff, but that was kind of it. But I knew I was kind of like a little, in some ways, a little bit drawn to it. Yeah, it sparks I, you. Yeah. And I, I knew it. I knew it can value. Uh, it can. It could help me. Mm. How do you live your authentic life, and why do you think it's important? For you know, I, I was. I've researched a lot in terms of the benefits of, of meditation, and I think the everybody experiences them their own as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things that meditation has helped me personally the most for is it's made me a lot more relaxed, a lot more sense of inner calm, inner calm when I'm around other people. Mm-hmm. And that's really allowed me to be authentic. And I would say if meditation's helped me in a, in a lot of different areas, happiness being a huge one as well, but I think it's allowed me to, to be authentic. And authenticity to me is so important because it's really allowing our, our spirit to shine. It's allowing mm-hmm. us to be our true selves. It's not us trying to be something we're not. It's not us putting on a show or feeling like we have to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's really just us being us, being, yeah. being, and being able to allow myself to express the way I, I naturally want to express myself. And it's, it's very liberating, I think, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And really, you're, you're enjoying this, this experience that we have, which, which is life so much more when we are authentic. Yeah. So we don't just live in our lives that planned by our parents or the society, just the lives that we plan for ourselves and what we're born here to do. Many of us do kind of live in terms of whether it's, we just feel a little bit of pressure from our parents or Mm -hmm. from society in terms of, of, I I need to do this job or I need to have this profession or or live this certain way. Um, Yeah. But it's, it's our life. Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's like killing our, is really killing our soul. Like yeah. you've been working at, like I say, certain jobs or certain, you know, career because you're like, okay, I've been, this is what I'm used to. And I've been doing this for say like five years or six years. So this is just all my experiences. So if I'm going to change another career, then I'm going to have to start it from ground zero. Then it's going to take so much time. So it's just like people are not bothered, but they would rather be stuck in some way that they're not happy than just, doing something and just go into the unknown and just Mm -hmm. taking that leap. Certainly. And that, yeah, that, that leap can be, it can be scary, but yeah, at the the same point, I don't want to give people the impression that they need to quit their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Of course. (laughs) Mindfulness teacher, whatever it might be, but (laughs) uh, yeah, but certainly allowing ourselves to to follow our passion and and follow kind of, we we talked about purpose before and, you know, Mm -hmm. allow us to live, live our purpose. And I think when we are living our purpose, we're certainly living authentically. Yeah. So so we we mentioned um, earlier as well about getting clear on a purpose. So in terms of finding a purpose, say if they don't know, I say like as, as listeners or whoever that's listening, they don't know where to start. So what's the first step? I think asking yourselves three three questions. What are you passionate about? Oh yeah. What are you best at? Mm-hmm. And how can you help others? And ask, okay. asking yourself yeah. those three things. Okay. Really write down the answers to those three questions. Kind of first question, what, what are you passionate about? And just kind of give yourselves a few minutes to, to think. Just jot down notes on it and then ask yourself the second question. Then ask yourself the third question. And then it's really 
looking at those answers and to me purpose is why we're here it's what's our meaning on this life like mm -hmm. why is why is Jay here what, what's what's the reason that you're on this planet earth and that you're in this experience mm. um it is a very deep question and you mentioned in terms of getting crystal clear on our purpose we can and i think that does take some time i think you not putting too much pressure on yourself can help as well if you're kind of like i need to figure out my purpose i need to figure out my purpose yeah can yeah. Be, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that's right asking yourself those questions being able to sit with it um and then being able to sit really how can i tie those things together how can i tie mm -hmm. what i'm passionate about what i'm best at and serving and helping others how can i tie those three things together in terms of living my life yeah your your passion def well your purpose definitely will change over time like my purpose right here at 35 years old is not necessarily my purpose when i'm 40 or when i'm mm. 60. Um, so it, it certainly can change it, and that's totally that's okay. fine that's yeah natural. so you don't just have one purpose in life you have multiple purposes in life i, I believe so and i believe your purpose changes as as you evolve and as your experiences go and as you go through through life yeah and it's like i love that when you mentioned that you're like what's my purpose what's my purpose what's my purpose like i went through the same experience say two years ago i was trying to like find that like what am i here for like I, I need to know but then it's like i'm the type of the person that and i'm still learning how to be more patient and i've started meditating for three or four years ago and it's helped me so much but i've always been that person just like i need to do something, I need to get it done now, and this is it, what's next, what's next? So then I was pushing myself, I said, what is it? What is it, what do I have to do? Then I was just like stressing myself out and then also self-criticism as well. So I was criticizing myself like, why haven't you done this yet? Or you should know by now, like, you know, all these negative words you start to tell yourself. And then I went into ayahuasca journey just to find like what, my thing is or what my gift is and like it's still it's the journey and i'm still trying to find that like i'm so happy that i like you know when i started doing the podcast i'm like wow like this is something that that really that speak my soul and i'm mm -hmm. like so passionate about it but yeah it's this just takes a while to find that and it's about just being patient with ourselves so absolutely that's wonderful and i'm glad i'm glad that you found the podcast thing and that yeah. <laughs> yourself that way that's, yeah that's it's taken it's taken a while to like it's just like i've always had these these little voices just asking me but this is even when i was you know i was in um digital marketing or strategy side but then it, i just have that little like little voices keep asking me i'm like i'm just i'm not happy like mm -hmm. like even though you're doing that like you mentioned you know when i was working like i thought i wanted that I studied that, I wanted that. When I was working, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm really not happy. Like, mm. I need to be doing something that really speak my soul. But then it's like, and you also have to be able to afford yourself as well in order to, you can't mm. just leap from like, jump from one thing to another and just quit your job. But yeah. <laughs> I, I love the saying, speak your soul. I think that's, that's a great, great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap this up, um, I'd like to end it with three questions. Mm -hmm. So the first one is, what is one truth that only you know? Oh, that only I know. I, I don't know. I don't think just <laughs> I, I know this, but I, I think in, ter in terms of how we live our lives, I think it, when, when we're living in terms of kindness 
and compassion and service, I think if we keep those at the forefront of our minds and, mm -hmm. and live our lives with, with that intention, then I think, I think things will work out. I think mm -hmm. whatever, whatever you pursue, if you're pursuing it and you're going along with, with the kindness, the compassion and, and the service to others, then, then it'll work out whatever, whatever path you decide to go down. Mm, beautiful. What does it mean to live a conscious lifestyle? For me, conscious lifestyle is, is living intentional in terms of intentional, what we are putting our focus and our energy towards, and it's living present. And mm. I think when you're able to really bring those two things together in terms of living presently and living with intention, then you are, are living consciously. And I think when, when we are living a conscious lifestyle, we're able to connect to ourselves. We're able to connect to ourselves on a deeper level or to our, our awareness or our true nature. And that we're also able to connect to others. We're able to have authentic connections where we're able to connect with people on, on deeper levels as well. Mm, beautiful. What impact do you want to leave on this world? I hope that I can help people live more in the present moment, being mm. able to experience the present moment, being able to help them to develop their own awareness, to be able to, mm -hmm. to help them, give them the tools, but really allow them to develop it on their own. As a coach, I really look at myself more as a guide. Like it's not me telling you what to do. It's more me suggesting, me giving thoughts, me mm -hmm. us having a discussion, and then really you being able to, to take that. But yeah, being able to help people live present, being able to help people connect with their awareness. And then as I mentioned with, with the kindness and compassion, being able to, to spread that to others as well, being able to mm. spread my kindness and compassion to others and hopefully have them spread theirs to other people as well. Amazing. Love that. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving feeling inspired to be your best authentic self.